This is episode 97 of IDRA Class Notes. I think that the public school system is the backbone of helping us create the kind of civic engagement and citizens that we want to see from all demographic groups. In fact, if we didn't have public schools, I think it would be the biggest disaster that anyone can even imagine. And if they think today we have issues and problems without the public school system bringing all those different people and cultures together, we wouldn't have a chance in this country. Greetings, everyone. This is Aurelio Montemayor at IDRA with another one of our wonderful podcasts. Please visit our website to uh, sign up for our podcasts. Today, we're going to do a second interview with Ann Foster, the CEO for Parents for Public Schools. This wonderful lady has been in Texas, a school board member, a strong public school advocate, was uh, directing a, a group here in Texas called Raise Your Hand that is very much uh, a private sector effort to support public schools. And now in Jackson, Mississippi, she has been for several years the uh, chief officer for Parents for Public Schools. She has great history in, in terms of her personal and now professional work with public schools. Hi, Anne. Good morning, Aurelio. How are you? Doing well and glad to be talking to you. Thank you. You know, several years ago, IDRA became very, very interested and became a partner with Parents for Public Schools because our two organizations have very many overlapping goals and objectives. And I personally served on your board, on your national board. I'm currently on your advisory board. I'm glad to be part of that. But today we want to kind of talk about the issue of diversity because it's obviously an important topic and a lot of things are happening in our country that affect schools and the diverse student populations being served by those schools. So if we can go back to the beginnings of PPS when it started, what were the diversity issues in the establishment of Parents for Public Schools? Parents for Public Schools started in Jackson, Mississippi in 1989. This was a couple of decades after court-ordered desegregation in Mississippi. And in the Jackson Public School District, many middle-class parents had fled the district. That included a lot of white parents as well as others. There was not a lot of support for public schools. Many of the businesses had moved away. They had lost tax base. Buildings were not in good condition. And at that time, a group of parents who were about to educate their own children wanted them educated in a quality and a diverse school district. And they worked to gather up many families and challenge them to return to public education and to put their children in the Jackson Public Schools. That effort concluded with about 800 families coming together who had not been there previously. They rolled up their sleeves. They worked together with all parents in the district to improve that district. They got a bond issue passed, they improved the facilities for all children, and they educated their children successfully in the Jackson Public Schools. So that was the basis of the beginning of PPS. It was to recruit parents and to encourage parents to roll up their sleeves and be active participants in their public schools at a very high level. 
And the fact that that happened in the heart of the Deep South actually inspired chapters all over the country, and the organization became national in 1991. You know, we at IDRA, we're predominantly a minority organization. Our president is, is uh, Hispanic, as I am. And we've admired and lauded the courage of those families, but not just that they did it back then, that Parents for Public Schools continues to stand for diversity in the public schools and defends the public school as the place where our democracy can be diverse. Currently, though, how are your members dealing with the new diversity, especially in the southern states? I'd love to comment on that. And as you know, Aurelio, my background is that I was a, a school board member in Richardson ISD, mm -hmm. Texas. And that school district in the past had been a very homogeneous school district, very suburban. But during the decade when I was there, it was becoming increasingly urban-suburban, and it was including complete changes in demographics. It was including different socioeconomic levels, and it included immigrants from all over the world who brought over a hundred native languages with them. So my time on that school board was spent making sure that public schools address the needs of all students in an equitable way. And that background is something that attracted me to Parents for Public Schools because, as you said, PPS has always stood for the diversity of our public school system. And I guess on a personal level, that's what I love the most about public schools is that everyone is welcome. The doors are open to everyone, and then it is the job of that school and that community supporting that school to find a way to provide a quality education for all children, regardless of their backgrounds, their language, their ethnicity, their socioeconomic status. That's what public schools must continue doing, and that's what they've done so well over the history of our nation. Well, I was going to just ask you, when you were in Richardson as a parent and a school board member and the issues you faced then, are they similar now or are they different? Well, I think in many ways they're similar, although when you get into different regions of the country, I think sometimes uh, the, the diversity and the challenges that come with that can be a little bit different. But I think the overriding principles that I just described are mm -hmm. the same. Now, in Mississippi and some of the southern states, we know that more and more Latino students are joining a demographic mix that already included whites and African-Americans. And so you're becoming more diverse here. Our schools are, are learning how to serve Latino students that have not been here until the last few years, at least not in a state like Mississippi. One of the things that we try to do in our Parent Leadership Institute, which is one of the tools we use to train parents, is that we actively seek out Latino parents now to bring them into the mix of the 30 parents who make up the Institute. Now, sometimes they don't speak English or they don't speak it well, and so what we've been doing is providing a one-on-one -on -one translator for that parent so that they can understand all the materials and have it translated, they can ask their questions, the materials have been translated into Spanish for their use, and then they can go back to their school and community and bring in more parents to understand some of the data and issues that they have learned about in the Institute. And I think the key here is that we're not just saying we'd love to have a Latino parent come and join us. 
we're being very intentional about going into a school district and finding that parent and inviting that parent mm -hmm. because they wouldn't know otherwise to come to us. And I think that's a key part of our parent engagement work today is to go to parents where they are. We, we can't just sit and wait for them to find us and what we offer. We have to go meet them where they are. We have to take the school to them, in a sense, and work with schools and educators to help them understand that. What has helped you support the dialogue among families, white, African-American, Latino? What, what supports their connections with each other? Well, I think just helping parents understand what a good school means to their community gives them a common place, common effort to work together. If each part of the community understands that it's not good enough that their part of the community be served well, but that in order for anyone to be served well, everyone has to be served well. Mm -hmm. And we want to see all the kids walk across the stage and graduate from high school and take the skills that they need out into the workplace, out into more education, whatever pathway they're choosing. But I think when you educate a parent that they have to work on behalf of all students, not just their own, that's a key breakthrough and that has been a hallmark of Parents for Public Schools from the very beginning. It has always been about all children. In terms of the policy challenges these days, you know, Texas and Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi, we have policy challenges coming on to us. How is uh, PPS addressing that or looking at how it affects our advocacy? We try and bring parents along to an understanding of how the policies affect their schools. One of the things that we talk about and try to bring knowledge about is school funding, for example, mm -hmm. and how that works and how the government and the legislature and what happens at the Capitol buildings in their states, how that affects their local public school district. And as you know, understanding school finance is <laughs> That's not an easy thing to do, but to expose parents to policy is exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, many of them have not been exposed to policy before, and so it's an educational process. It's helping them understand, again, how school districts work, how they're governed, what the policies are, what's being debated statewide and nationally, and, and frankly, what their local school boards are debating. We exactly. encourage parents to be at school board meetings and understand how the business of their school district is moved along and handled. You know, the, the families of the Latino children, a lot of them uh, are undocumented. And some states have been hitting the immigrant population fairly hard with, with new laws and policy. How is that affecting your work? Well, you know, school districts in general, and certainly Parents for Public Schools, we are not the ones who can solve the legal status of immigrants, and that challenge is before our country right now. But again, as I said earlier, when children walk into the door of a school, the public school system serves them. That's simply the way it works in this country. And, you know, I think that we deal with issues that are brought on by the immigration question because sometimes when there are certain things going on in communities, parents are afraid to send their children to school. Right. That's a very real concern that parents have. And whatever happens with the immigration issue, 
we know that it's better for a child to walk into that school building and become educated, particularly since many of the children are American citizens. It's better for anyone to have education than to be afraid to come to school and stay home. And so those, some of those issues come and touch us very closely, and I think schools deal with it, and we deal with it in our work as well. Right. IDRA was involved in the court case called Dovey Plyler that uh, at the Supreme Court level said that if, regardless of the status of the parents, uh, every child living within a school district has the right to a public education. Right. And, and one of the decision, one of the judges' comments was, they're going to become citizens anyway. They're going to be here. Do we want them illiterate or educated? <laughs> you know, and so uh, that's part of the basis, I think, for this, that decision in Dovey Yes, Plyler. it is. Now, in terms of just broadly, I was mentioning the relationship between the Latino families, African American families, and the white families. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, PPS was bringing black and brown together, right? I mean, the black families with the white families. Uh huh. Is it the same process? Is it? Yes, I think the principle is the same. And so uh, the process is actually the same. But I think when you're dealing with different cultures, then I think you, you have to be sensitive to that culture while trying to find the common ground and bring students together to become educated Americans together. And I, I think that the public school system is the backbone of helping us create the kind of civic engagement and citizens that we want to see from all demographic groups. In fact, if we didn't have public schools, I think it would be the biggest disaster that anyone can even imagine. And if they think today we have issues and problems without the public school system bringing all those different people and cultures together, we wouldn't have a chance in this country because we want civic engagement. We want people who view themselves as citizens of their communities, their states, and this country. And where can we get those common principles that bind us together any better than in a public school where everyone comes together to receive a quality education? It's absolutely the most powerful thing we have. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly with you on that. The school is the, maybe not the melting pot, but the salad bowl where we all come together. Exactly. <laughs> and, and we cannot sustain a democracy if we do not sustain our public school system. And thank you very much for your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I want to tell our listeners to please visit their website. What is your, your new website? It's the same address. We'll be launching a new website in the next few weeks, but it's www. P A R E N T S four P U B L I C S C H O O L S dot org. It's the number four www.parentsforpublicschools.org. Thank you very much. I really Thank enjoyed you it. so much, Aurelio. It's great to be with you. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.